You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. Hello, Riverdale gang. Hey, gang. Welcome to 2020. 2020, the year of a Democratic president. Here's hoping, fingers crossed. Yay, politics. Yay, politics. I'm Chloe. I'm Ryan. And welcome to Riverdale Gang, the podcast, um, which is a watch-along critical commentary podcast of Riverdale, the show recorded here on unceded Tsleil-Waututh, Musqueam, and Squamish territory, on which a lot of Riverdale is shot. Yeah. We are delighted to come back at you uh, this season, this new year, with uh, a double episode. Our first, like, two-parter, which is entirely a two-parter. Because, full disclosure, we meant to release this, like, three weeks ago. Yeah. But schedules are hard. Um, so... Especially when one of the schedules overlaps with the Riverdale shooting schedule. Which yeah. brings us to our exciting announcement that Sean Deppner, who plays Brett Weston Wallace, mm-hmm. um, was the interviewer, interviewee, that yeah. we have joining us in part two. Um, here's the confusion. Part two was recorded yesterday (laughs) this is part one yes it is recorded today and so we are experiencing this with you together for the second time Mm -hmm. um but we also uh you will hear us if you listen to the next episode confusingly accepting commentary on this episode we just saw now that we hadn't yet seen that Sean had shot, but also hadn't seen. So, like, none of us knew exactly yeah. what was on screen. And also couldn't necessarily <laughs> contracts, blah, 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 say that much about. But anyway, um, yes, the ti- that's that's mm-hmm. how time works in Riverdale, gang, right now. Um, so we're delighted to be back with this new episode, and we're really delighted to spend some time with Sean yeah. uh, in the very next episode going up at the exact same time, our, um, our 2020 New Year's interview celebration thing. Yeah, I get. We're getting. We're almost hitting a solstice schedule now because we had Annette oh, last yeah. last New Year's, and then we spoke with Nikolai this summer. That's true. We did. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Our our. I think solstice-y. we should try. We should see if Sarah Rowe is free. Sarah Rowe just got caught. Just got cast. I think with lines, mm. but we'll find out. On um, on Sabrina, <laughs> Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, and she's someone that Ryan and I both know. Yeah. Oh man. We talk a lot about how great it is for local actors uh, with Sean and Riverdale in the process and Mm. really psyched to share that all with you. I've already listened to it twice because editing. But anyway, you're here for an episode called Varsity Blues right now. Yeah. Um, I like this episode. Yeah, same. Um, There are things I didn't like about it, but I like it. Mm-hmm. There are things. Yep. <laughs> uh, there are things I didn't like the right way. There are things that make me go, ah, mm-hmm. but in a narratively satisfying way. Um, I'm suspicious of Uncle Frank. Yeah. It's, don't give drugs to a teenager in front of me. Don't it, do it. It's just not a good move. Yeah. He made that choice to access the illegal offering you made. Anyway, um, I feel like we can talk long with the episode. Most of what I have to say is going to roll on steadily yeah um so there's some so by the way there's yeah. some dark stuff in this episode yeah um, like some like some pretty dark stuff some childhood sexual abuse and yeah. self-harm and violence yeah. and class war poverty and like self-harm scars that look like real self-harm scars yeah uh, so just want to acknowledge that and like do what you got to do to be cool with this episode trigger warning for a whole bunch of things yeah childhood sexual abuse and self-harm in particular yeah. Um, as Riverdale do. Um, 
but the narrative the narrative pacing of this episode i want to touch on as well yes um this is uh <clears throat> i really enjoyed the energy of these four the four lead characters being drawn back together their plots being woven back in together a little mm-hmm. bit um i felt so much payoff of the entire first half of the season this episode Mm, um, interesting. Yeah, it felt I like hear a, you. a very refreshing reshuffle, resettling, restart that used everything that came before pretty well for me. Yeah. Um, and we're like back into this deep hurrah of high schoolism. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think. I think there was a bit of a come down to be had from the mm. like wacky, wacky stakes of seasons two and three. Mm-hmm. And um. I'm appreciating that the stakes are still kind of wacky. Like, there's, like, a little gang warfare thrown in, a little, like... Um, the bunny masks bunny return. Bunny masks. Bleh. Actually, that that's just sort of, like, par for the course hazing, really, in American schools. And Canadian schools. I shouldn't, like, just throw the Americans under the bus there. But... We're also jerks. Um, we are Sometimes. also jerks. <laughs> really, though, we are also jerks. <laughs> Um, may we point your attention to so many things in the news. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, wet to wet and strong. Yeah. All that jazz. Yeah. By the way, BC is currently invading indigenous sovereign land rights with RCMP militarized occupation. Yeah. It, just in case um, it wasn't clear. Um, <laughs> not that it means much. Not that it stands for much. Um, Ryan and I are in solidarity with the wet to wet and land defenders. Um, we have been making phone calls. We have been sending emails. We encourage you to learn more about it as well. Yeah. Um, if you are able to, please donate money. If you are able to, please donate time. That's a commitment I personally haven't found the, the strength and courage to make yet. But mm. um, Even the time just to pay attention matters yeah. a lot. <clears throat> yeah. Um, not... It, and it's... reshare. Reshare posts from um, at Gidem, Gidem, Gidimton. Gidimton Checkpoint. At Gidimton Checkpoint. Seeding uh, Sovereignty. Unistoten um, Camp. Yeah. Um, these are all organizations uh, on the ground. Uh, in a, currently in a standoff with the RCMP. Yeah. Because um, Canada... Anyway, all this to say <laughs> is that, like, white people hazing other white people in bunny masks is like, well, I guess poor, poor Monroe is not white, but... Yeah, Monroe is the victim of all the class war. It's true. Monroe um, is the victim of all the class war. And I don't mean poor as in, like, victimized. Like, he's mm-hmm. he's a great character, and he is totally cool, and he is in control. He's the dude who has but, nothing to do with this hot mess Stonewall problem, and who gets yeah. kneecapped for it. Yeah, literally kneecapped. Uh, also, I'm so scared that he just can't play football anymore and is going to lose his Notre Dame scholarship. I'm so scared. I'm trusting this show like, to do better by him. I'm trusting this show to do better by him and, and let us use that tension to build up Frank. That's right, what but, I'm asking and waiting and I know, but they've on. But they've like done a not great thing with his character where they've made that character accountable for also teenagers who take drugs in order to perform and get like football scholarships you know what i mean like they play so really? much yeah like that happens oh i mean that's i like I, like if he gets away with it mm, like if he gets away with it well if he's just on opioids that's a different I know, beastie, they don't say right? they don't say what the pills are which yeah is smart. like there's a difference between performance enhancing and pain management from the va yeah, my my true. read was that this is i didn't read this as a doping plot Potentially, but I see the I see the flag no, now that I you mentioned. I it. didn't necessarily mean I I read this as a doping plot, but mm-hmm. what I do, I mean that is possible. I mean, right. it, it's an interesting. Okay, so mm-hmm. one of the things, okay, blah, one of the <laughs> things I really liked about this episode is that mm-hmm. I was genuinely 
scared for Monroe mm-hmm, mm-hmm. quite a few times. And I, and I mm-hmm. had that genuine icky feeling of like, this adult is messing with him yeah. and messing with Archie. And I like, like the responses were definitely, mm-hmm. I, d- I, I love this show, but this show is at the end of the day, a nice shiny teen show. Mm-hmm. And I had like physical responses in my body that I get to like mm-hmm. gross, gritty HBO shows. Right. In this episode. Right. right. Yeah, there are certain stakes that yeah. felt visceral and felt really intense and intimate. Yeah. And absolutely. and risky. Risky. Also, by the way, I'm drinking coffee like an absolute plebeian on my own podcast. I always drink coffee like a plebe. I know, but I'm doing it noisily. Chloe, we talk so much about the class wars. We can't That's describe true. ourselves as plebes in the derogatory. Plebes yeah. ran Rome. It's true, plebes did mm-hmm. run Rome. Thebes ran Rome. The patricians, however, <laughs> eat the patricians. So Ryan, uh, yeah, um, yesterday when we interviewed Sean, Sean went off on this really co- quite sweet nerdy um, Star Wars tangent and was like, "Oh my oh, god, yeah. I'm so sorry. I don't mean to turn this into a Star Wars <laughs> podcast." And Ryan and I were like, "Honey, <laughs> this <laughs> podcast has so many tangents. We can't help it. We can't help it." I really believe that pop culture television embodies a lot of reality, and it makes sense to me that political tangents are part of this podcast, even if it's... Yeah. It's contemporary critical commentary. Unceded land is in every shot of Riverdale. Yep, 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 (laughs) yep, Unless some of it was shot in Alberta on treaty territory, I'm not actually sure. (laughs) Point? I don't think so. Alberta's honestly far. They either film in Alberta or they don't. Like, no one goes from Vancouver to Alberta. You saw a it's couple a of shots place. that looked like that, like looked like just the other side of the mountains. Did I ima- imagine? That? You maybe, might have imagined that, Chloe. Imagine I don't that. remember anything to that effect. But we've talked about this show a lot. We say a lot of things. That's true. Shall we sync up and continue saying a lot of things? Yes. With the playing video football episode. If you want a critical commentary, sync up with us for the the um the discussions. Uh, get your Netflix badooms ready for a sync in a three, two. One, Ba-doom. So previously on Riverdale, Jughead narrates instead of giving us any previously I on know, Riverdale. It's interesting. Remember what you're saying about his silence? Yeah. Is this a thing? Ice water? I mean, I think so, but I don't know if it's like. This is sports culture, Chloe. I don't know. Is big mystery. Fascinating detail. Um, I'm so glad we talked to Sean before I watched this episode. Yes. Because he was gushing about the stunt work. Mm-hmm. And I forget that footballs and sports are stunts sometimes. Because oh, yeah. I am a wee nerd and I <clears throat> do sports. I ski and I do things. But I do not do the big team sports. It's true. I think we both do solo sports. Like skiing yeah. alone, cycling alone. Yeah, it's a happy place. Burlesque solos. <laughs> <laughs> dancing, lots of dancing, yes. various types. Um, but yeah, I forget just how much goes into creating a dynamic sports shot, sports se- scene and sequence. Yeah. Um, so I'm really glad I paid attention because there is some spectacular um, physical blocking and 
and physical filmmaking in this episode. Totally. That yeah. I wouldn't have appreciated the same. Sean also told us that a lot of those um, uh, folks doing the football scenes were actual football playing teenagers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and he said that they, he felt like quite big compared to them, but they faked it pretty <laughs> well with the camera. Everyone looks about the same size to me. Yeah, they didn't reveal the age gap. Uh, at any given point, I thought. In Sean first also run. said that he had played football for 11 years, and like, I saw that in this episode. <laughs> There's a scene where I think his character scores a touchdown, and he's just like yelling at the stars the way actual football players do. Versus hey, can we stop and talk about how this high school senior is producing rum? Yep. I just. I mean, she can't drink her product, but. I also, <laughs> I also love. Legally. I love Principal Honey's like. School spirit is like mm-hmm. his regular clothes with this obscene yellow sweatshirt over top. I, mean, I was so, so disappointed uptight. in Cheryl for not taking her therapist advice. Oh yes, it doesn't of surprise me all that much, but I was just so disappointed. Teenager me absolutely was not good at taking his therapist advice. Teenager me was so good at taking my therapist advice. <laughs> brag, Chloe, brag. I actually wasn't. That's not true. I was like <laughs> mediocre. I tried. But Cheryl is resistant. Yeah. Um, intrigued to see this new young adult um, as a counterpoint to Cheryl as an authority figure. Yeah. I'm, I'm very curious to see whether she continues to evolve in an antagonistic balance or whether she can have a positive influence on Cheryl because Cheryl needs adults in her life who, like, are meeting her where she's at. I wonder if this coach can be an adult who can be an adult to Cheryl. Because she needs it. Yeah, I did. I kind of was hoping that that coach would come out on top. Like, I'm kind of ready to see some of Cheryl's weaknesses Mm. as a character. Mm -hmm. When characters are, like, strong over and over and over and over again, like, Mm. I think it's badass that this cool, like, cheerleading captain gets to be, like, a bit of a punk and, like, run the show. Yeah. But, um... But I, I'm ready to see some, like, Cheryl vulnerability, mm. honestly. Now, with everything Cheryl unpacked in the first half of this season, mm-hmm. um, I'm interested to see Cheryl act her age. And I think that's that, maybe more what I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah, good point. Thank like, you. vulnerability that's age-appropriate and not... Like, they've dealt with the deep grief. They've dealt with the, the really um, surreal circumstances in the first half of the season um and I, I i feel like there is a commitment to keep us in high school here and i'm mm, excited yeah, to see where that goes yeah, yeah totally with cheryl blossom i agree so this guy not only looks eerily like luke perry he also mm-hmm, looks eerily mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like um a playwriting mentor of mine from a few years ago who i've not lost touch with but haven't seen much also named Sean, Sean McDonald, who's a local actor, and he looks so eerily like a burly combination of the two of them that I find, I find, I can see why this is an empathetic face that, like, they've mm-hmm. cast, very, very well cast, I guess is my point. It's a very interesting choice. Um, I was here for what they did with, with the uncle this episode as far as um, novel narrative offers like they dropped some unexpected twists that um i actually enjoyed yeah watching flow like i i was ready for this convoluted fit him in um and 
there was a little bit of a fear of, are you just trying to shoehorn an unmovable Luke Perry plot? Mm. Is Molly Ringwald just less available in the spring? Was a was a real I worry gotcha. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and so I was quite heartened to see something done with this dynamic, with this character that is new, that is interesting, that is challenging, that is um, unstable. Mm-hmm. And destabilizing Archie in a new way. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It was a nice. It was a nice surprise, and I really liked it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love this scene. She's really big about this, and mm-hmm. I appreciated that because um, I feel like a tactic that is often played on female characters and therefore mm. female actors is mm-hmm. like turning them into the bad guy. Yeah. Um, and I really appreciate that they didn't do that here. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually makes me want to say something about Molly Ringwald's character that I think is intentional in the writing. Mm-hmm. I think Uncle Frank is manipulating Mary Andrews into being the bad guy mm-hmm. in this situation. Like the two of them look like sheepishly on the couch, him and Archie with this like boss ass mm-hmm. boss, mm-hmm. Um, like telling them what's what you yep. know what i mean and that that's yep. definitely a tactic that manipulative men use against women and i i thought that it was really cool that the writers chose to show that yeah 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 i'm 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 with you not trusting that uncle um and that's such a good point that he essentially sets up the dynamic to build sympathy with archie to establish yeah. that's really good point chloe um also, Ugh. this coach just, like, fat shamed Cheryl, which is, like, the most inappropriate thing ever for an adult to do to anybody, but especially a minor. And I'm so glad she takes the muffins with her, and I hope she ate them all. Ugh. Good day. I'm so oblivious. I thought it was a commentary on her upper body strength. I, honest to goodness, did not catch that. Okay, coach is an enemy. Yeah. Coach is an enemy. I mean, maybe maybe that was unintentional, and they like they are talking about whether or not Cheryl's built, but I read that as fat shaming. I hope Cheryl ate all those muffins and filmed it and put it on Instagram. Good day. So I am so delighted to see Brett matched against Betty head to head. Social Darwinism in uniforms. Yikes. Anyway, sorry, go on. It's He's such a disgusting human being yeah. this episode. It's so satisfying. Um, and I really... <clears throat> I'm I'm really loving seeing him through Betty's per- character eyes mm-hmm. rather than Jughead's because Brett up till now has been cloaked in the mystique and the romance of the private school mystery in Jughead's story in Jughead's life. He's been an ambient character, but mm-hmm. to see Betty take him on on her terms in her genre and as a head-to-head enemy, uh, it reframes everything and it brings out the worst in him. And I love it. Yeah, totally. Like we see, we see a Brett who is so much more of a injured child turned total jackass. Yeah. This episode. Side note: great costume on Veronica. Mm-hmm. I'm really ready for them to do something different with Camilla Mendez's hair. I know that mm-hmm. that's a very small, minor detail. A lot of interesting stuff is going on in this scene. Mm-hmm. Women's hair isn't a defining feature of them. It's not important. Her hair has been the same goddamn hairstyle since the first episode of the show it's visually relevant <clears throat> um the classical dichotomy of down hair veronica ponytail betty i think is i i don't i wonder if they lean back into it for the high schooliness this episode yeah um, i don't know that's a good question yeah. um, or this season i'm gonna rather. google something that i think is significant um quill and skull quill and quiet quill and quiet yeah um, we gotta figure out what that reference is 
The Quill Inquirer is a real life magazine. It's a Canadian oh. magazine. That is not what they're referencing. It's okay. a Canadian literary magazine. There's no way that that's what they're referencing. No, that's unfortunately far too niche. But I yeah. see why it was stuck in your brain. Yeah. As an association. Um, I so this scene is like a very good like oh by the way we have this much power we can give you a gift. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, my mm-hmm. response to that as a writer is complete panic of where is my hard drive with all my writing saved on it? Where did it go? Okay, but he was using a typewriter, Chloe. Oh. Yeah. Never mind. He has it all in hard copy. Great. That's very generous. Thank you. Yeah. But but yes. I mean invasive much. Yeah. <laughs> So where I thought this plot was going is that mm. new coach was just going to hire a new team mm. on a one-time contract and none of them would get to perform and then they'd be resentful of Cheryl. That's where I thought this plot was going. Okay, okay, okay. But, I mean, Riverdale is a reality where you could just conjure an entire cheer team from the ether to spite Cheryl. Yeah. That is a, that is a possibility here. Yeah. Yes. I believe that but, option. But the route they took was fun. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed Betty's superpower being efficient investigative journalism. Yeah. Um, and with a, tr- with a with an honest awareness of the limitations and requirements. Yeah. Um, like, Betty gets to be competent completely on her own terms here. Yeah, totally. She's, she's setting the... She's being Alice. Th- yeah. Chip off the old block. Love it. Yep. Yeah. She's being so much like her mother. In, in the best ways, mostly. What do we think of Reggie's role this episode? As quietly on the side, encouraging It was fun. He was a escalation. plot driver. He was a plot driver this episode. Yes. With like four or five lines. It was fun. I found it so interesting that they hearken back to his dealing with parental dynamics by messing up cars thing. That that's a Reggie pattern? And yeah. that they use that? I'm... Waiting to, uh, I'm waiting for more Reggie. Yeah. Oh, hell no. Yeah, those four matching bunny masks are. So I approve of um, wanting to stand up for yourself, Monroe, but like turn around and run back in the goddamn boxing. You are 10 paces from a room full of buff men who have beat up bigger gangs with you. Yeah, like y'all like, have had it. better street fights. It's not the mindset. It's not in keeping with the character. But I feel like mm-hmm. also the character could have been like, "Hey, boys," and like, yeah, that would have been handled. Yeah, he know? has people. Yeah, he's not alone. But again, like this is a mindset that I just don't get. The mm-hmm. like, a buddy of mine um, mm-hmm. was in a um, fight once, and. Just the way he was describing being in the fight, Mm -hmm. I appreciate why people don't call for backup. There's, like, an Mm -hmm. honor thing going on. I don't get it. I think it's dumb, to be honest. But, anyway. Also, I suspect Archie would have narratively defeated the four Stonewall boys without a blink. That's That is a little hint of narrative um, weight, irony, issue. Yeah. (laughs) So Jughead's Deepest Secrets... So we have two somewhat shocking, intense personal secrets. This is our trigger warning scene. Yeah. As these two supporting characters unveil a something of unknown honesty. Um, I enjoy how much I am questioning the truth of everything that everyone says in every Quill and Skull. Yeah. Um, Those are very, very real-looking self-harm scars, Mm -hmm. y'all. Anyway, sorry, go on. Yeah. Um... 
I'm I'm here for a villain who uses their own pain for manipulation. I think it's a, it's a a fascinating dynamic to explore. Um, how empathy and manipulation can often yeah tie. I also want to say, for the record, knowing quite a few sex workers, mm-hmm. a high end sex worker such as someone with. Um, and I don't like I can't speak to like what all sex workers would and would not do. But my understanding of the job from the demographic that I'm familiar with mm-hmm. is if they were paid to have sex with a minor, they would not. That's that's our good right? ethical circle of activist socialist sex workers. Yeah. And I yeah. have no like and that's not that's not like perjury of the entire <laughs> sex worker profession. I would imagine that any sex worker who is a who is a legal adult would say no to that here's hoping um but like the world of dark money and privilege the world of dark money and privilege yes absolutely absolutely but i would like to go on record saying that like i find that to be an unbelievable story in some ways that is not a standard experience or normalized and yeah most sex workers understand consent way better than all the rest of us yes yep so drughead secret shame yeah, this uh, is intense. Not what I was expecting. I was not expecting either, but I also love that there's that like that one story that you don't even tell your partner. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked that detail about Jughead's character. Yes. I really loved that they, they built something that is about intimacy and shame in his lived traumatic experience, mm-hmm. rather than recycling one of the many things we could have from the last three seasons. He doesn't mention being almost... You know, his worst secret it's none of the stuff we've seen mm-hmm. it's yeah, I so like that personal too. and it and it echoes the trauma we met him with he has not lost or left that experience and that trauma mm-hmm. um and it's rare for a show to remember that i think yeah by the way congratulations vanessa morgan who plays tony just got yeah. married congratulations dear yes you're a very good everything whenever yeah. we see you Veronica and Cheryl and Tony as the trio and Cherry Bomb made me happy. Yes, very much so. Yeah. Please give Tony more lines. There, I said it. Now that she's okay. done with her wedding. Yes. Um, Cheryl was reading The Art of War. Just wanted to say oh, it, the cover was red. Beautiful. I, I thought that I was didn't, a fun detail. I didn't, even, I didn't even catch it. Oh, the spider brooch. It's very sweet of Tony to stand by her lady through all this. Yeah. I also like that it says HCIC, not HBIC. <laughs> we all know what that C stands for. I'm not going to say it on our clean iTunes show. <laughs> but we know. Ends in a T. <sighs> so, first of all, there... School fight. This is ridiculous because yes. they walked onto other school grounds, walked in the front door, and then walked into a classroom. Correct. Like, that's trespassing. They're so in the wrong legally. Yeah, that's a bad idea. But, you know... Also, I love that he calls them welfare friends. Like, I mean, to be fair, Sean pointed out, like, it's all the same to Brett. Mm -hmm. But, like, um, Archie is, like, an, like, upper middle class. Like, his father's a was a business owner. His mother's a lawyer. Archie owns both a construction business and a gym. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Welfare? It's just an odd choice. It's a good exploration of Brett's reality. It's yeah, and it's a wonderful so. point that anyone under the million dollar bar isn't. Yeah. It's um, it's a different class struggle than we've seen on Riverdale. Absolutely. Um there's a little detail here that I really liked. He mm-hmm. he calls him Forsyth Jones. Mm-hmm. 
Um, he doesn't say P, which they all do, F, yeah, yeah, Forsyth yeah. P. Jones, and he doesn't say the third. Mm. And it's a nice little nod at how college is another wiping clean of the slate. Mm. Like, once you, when you go to high school, especially if you don't go to the same high school as a lot of your elementary school friends did, right. there's like a little slate cleaning moment. Mm -hmm. And then the same thing happens when you go to university. Mm -hmm. And I thought it was just, I, I just suddenly clicked. I was like, oh, this person knows none of jughead's history like mm -hmm, jug this mm -hmm, really is kind mm -hmm. of a shot for him yeah if he isn't actually dead a clean shot at yale i think i think they've killed him that's i've made up my mind i think they've killed him i'm here for it either which way i enjoyed these scenes with uncle frank more than i expected yeah um, and i don't know what's going on with him yeah um is great i am Enjoying doubly it. excited i will say um because Sean was singing this actor's praises as well. Yeah, They've worked he was. together in the past. Yeah. And, and apparently and... he's local, this actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I'm I'm all the more hyped to see what this actor's doing. Um, and seeing him play um, a morally gray line and all these potential, like... This one time I boxed yellow a bear, flags. I didn't even notice that. These yellow flags. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. then the giant red flag at the end. But it all comes together to be something and like i don't they let us in on his perspective and, and experience enough that we live in archie's doubt because huh. like yeah I, you know if if it makes sense for someone dealing with severe ptsd who just dodged dui whose family took the bullet for you to leave town like that seems like a reasonable time to run off and get a residential job and escape and reset and yeah. make bad choices. Um, it's who he is now that I'm very curious to see. I love that. Would you be willing to wear wire? Yeah, duh. I love the B&V dynamic. Every time they remember it and, and like, hold back to it and reiterate it, I really like when Betty and Veronica team up for their unrelated goals. And it's just such a, of course, we're going to pull a con for your, mm. for your article today. It's just, it's so ride or die. It brings me joy. It's so ride or die. Yeah, totally. I also love that Archie thinks he can get away with this. Mm -hmm. And I also love, again, that she's like set up to say something like, why didn't you pick me over him? Mm -hmm. Because Frank mm -hmm. has set mm -hmm. that up. Yes. This happens to women all the time. Yeah. It's so annoying. Yeah. Thank I, you for I putting mean, that in the show, Riverdale. Absolutely. Like, even, <clears throat> like, ac across the board, I'm even thinking of my parents' divorce. Yeah. Where, whether they meant it or not, you know, my dad absolutely leaned into the fun activities role. And my mom absolutely took a primary parenting yeah. rulemaking role because yeah. it's what you do. Yeah, and I think women get set up for that just because often the man works when the mm -hmm. children are quite small. Yeah. Um, and like that has that that happens for reasons. Men tend to get paid more than women. And then dad is like the fun one when he comes home. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? And he just wants to de stress and the mom's been like dealing with them all day. It's like our obligatory gender binary has long lasting lifelong consequences yeah. that we just don't think through enough. This wig on Veronica. How do we feel about this wig on Veronica? This is a really on Veronica. This is Veronica. She's what is she wearing? Is she wearing a? She looks like she's wearing the girl guide symbol on her <sighs> lapel, which is clearly. Oh no, she's wearing a flower. Okay, that's I just fine. I like that extra pattern yeah, on her dress. Is, this is very two thousand one. This outfit, and I'm like kind of yeah, into it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
I was delighted to stumble into this is how Brett treats oh, everyone else. I just... Excuse me? Yeah. I love when his friend's kind of like, uh, I don't know if I should laugh or not. I'll have mm-hmm. some rum. Mm-hmm. I also want Veronica Lodge to buy and sell him right now. Oh, my God. Yeah, Veronica <laughs> has this handle. I kind of wish Veronica was like... Because she's more privileged than he is in some ways. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, it's, 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 the, it's the classic, um, the hero's in the wrong plot. Yeah. Like, um, Hamlet would have done fine with Othello's challenges. Othello would have done fine with Hamlet's challenges. Veronica would have walked over Brett. Oh, yeah. If they were matched, right? Yeah. Veronica has eaten several Bretts. Oh, yeah. Through the seasons. Multiple. At least two. Oh, my God. Look at him playing drunk. He looks so evil. (laughs) So delightfully evil. Um, uh, also, I love that Jughead recognizes Veronica like in profile in a wig wearing an outfit that she'd never wear. And then blows her cover just instinctively. Like, sloppy Jug. You know how many scams yeah, these people you used run. You be a gang lord. <laughs> <laughs> how much have you been drinking, Juggy? Oh, cause, oh, right. They needed to do this so that or Betty heard all the right. That's why they did all this. Okay. I, I did really enjoy this um, comedy of errors sequence. Yeah. Well, she knows now. Yeah. It's interesting. I wonder now. I think about just watching how Brett treated mm-hmm. Veronica. Yeah. If the secret that he revealed in the Quill and Skull is real, mm. like, how is that? How is that early sexual assault, like, mm. reflected in his treatment of, of women? I'm not excusing him. I'm just interested. Oh, yeah. It, it yeah. aligns completely with the pattern. <laughs> the concept of male privilege, women in certain roles and service positions, and one can hire service. Like Yeah, but also probably feeling some resentment towards women that he perceives as maybe being powerful or mm. having power over him because of this early experience. Yeah. You know what I mean? The, Which like the, does not excuse it doesn't excuse his behavior. Yes. I'm not trying to defend this terrible human being of a character. But, but. ways in which men pass <laughs> on their hate and misogyny yeah. through tra- re-traumatizing experiences. Yeah. Is a thing. I also love that Jughead chose to go to this football party in suspenders. Um <laughs> with his hat on and beads on his wrist. I, I love mean, that costuming choice. Thank you costume department. It's Stonewall. We're all anachronistic. I actually met someone from the costume department on Riverdale oh. over Christmas, and I don't remember <laughs> their name, but they are a friend of my pal. Friend of a friend. Anyway. <sighs> I love Vancouver for that. Yeah. It's fun. It's we're totally all one fun. De- we're one degree away from all the Riverdale. Yeah. Or just like, we happen to direct Sean once. Yeah. It's kind of <laughs> like, it's kind of like living in a college town. Like, like yeah. Vancouver goes through these phases with television shows where it's like, yep. everyone's going to college at Riverdale or everyone's going to college at Dawson, not Dawson's Creek, but what's another Everyone has files. There we go. Yep. <laughs> everyone's got their one line on the flash. Everyone's yeah, totally. got their, oh yeah, this, this <laughs> actor is a waiter in that episode. Yeah. It is, it is, it is a thing. is another one, I think. Yeah. I yeah. remember it. Um, some of the shinies come off from young 20s, but it's a fresh new shiny because I'm like excited to see my community working. Yeah, it really um, is. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for hiring local Sabrina. and yeah, hiring substantial roles locally. Yeah. You know, Brett could have been an LA fly in. He's got enough lines. 100%. I would have expected you to do the, the classical lead audition 
but you didn't. Mm-hmm. Um, likewise, Uncle Fred, you're giving. It's really giving some wonderful opportunity. Okay, so something I loved about the end of this scene <clears throat> is he, Hiram's like, "Okay, I'm going to walk away," and you can tell he's like looking over his shoulder, waiting yeah. for her to be like, "No, come back." Yep. And she doesn't. Yep. I was worried. I was worried she was gonna, but she didn't. Veronica's grown. <clears throat> now, all rum is basically the same. In I believe, really. Is it? What I have is, no idea. Like, I know very little about rum. What is the core of rum? Like, Isn't it made of sugar cane? Yeah. Okay. It, like, what could high rum possibly have patented exactly that makes his rum so different? Because if you add a whole bunch of spices, it's a new recipe. It's yeah. not the same product if you load it with cardamom. The only difference between most brands of rum is which, how much cardamom and which cardamoms. Really? Mm, cardamom. Cardamom is my favorite flavor. Mm, it's a good point one. of reference, along with rose and basil. I discovered cardamom by accident when right? I was an undergrad and trying to buy cinnamon. Oh, really? <laughs> I made my what a happy accident. Yes, my curries were so much more flavorful. Yeah, love a good. Maybe cardamom. it's too late. It, yeah, this is this an is interesting a, direction. Yeah, I like this this moment. I'm curious how much this is Veronica admitting it to herself. Yeah. And how how true her admission is to herself. I think it comes from a true place. But it's interesting seeing her say it to herself for the first time in front of Hiram. Yeah. This is too broken to fix. It's a lot. It's a sad moment with a parent. Yeah. Even in a even in a heightened stakes wacky show like Riverdale. Even with Jerk Hiram would try to murder her boyfriend. This is an interesting moment when yeah. when someone who is clearly an enemy does something that's very empathetic and understanding and nice. Yep. Ooh, Warning what's signs. What's going on? Mm-hmm. Like, the unsettling invitation closer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm very curious how self-aware Jughead is here as well because yeah. um, this episode gave me a Jughead who has drank the Kool-Aid a little bit. Yeah. More than I think he realizes he yes, has. Yes, I agree. Has. And remembering... But that's what happened with him and the Serpents. Exactly. And him with G&G. Yeah. Jughead is... Um, he's a method investigator, let's say. He goes deep undercover and forgets himself a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah. um... By the way, uh, Sean was telling us that this is a set and not a building. Yeah. Which I'm surprised by. I was trying to figure out which building it was. It's so pretty. And apparently this is also, a, or at least the boxing ring is also a set. Maybe this isn't. Yep, right next to Stonewall. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fun. The Royale and Stonewall are... Yeah. Oh my god. This is so inappropriate. I hate this. Everything about this is wrong. And like, yeah. This is bad adulting. It is possible that um monroe is already a legal adult and is perfectly entitled to make his own decisions so go to a doctor and get your opioids it's not like like it's hard yeah that (laughs) um i also really like that archie says that archie says like you're not a doctor Mm -hmm. monroe can make his own decisions but putting putting him in this option of having this choice is the bad adult move yeah yeah you put it on the table frank you made this, you, you you dangled this option. Yeah. That's not a choice. That's coercive. Yeah. Hey, kid. You want to live your dreams? Just take these pills and you yeah. can push on through. Ugh. 
Um, and like tempting. Frank is also no. clearly a character with a history of substance abuse problems, yeah. and his lack of understanding bodes badly for his recovery. Yeah, it, yeah, it also doesn't seem like that. That doesn't sound like someone in recovery to me. No. So, I mean, I'm not an expert, but that's like anyone who's sharing their pills from the VA is not in great shape. Yeah. As far as... What does that stand for again? Veterans of, uh, Association? Uh, Authority? I think so. Okay. Yeah, it's vet services. It's yeah. veteran medical support. Yeah. <sighs> I was really delighted to see this Monroe uh, mm-hmm. plot, I will say. Um, I'm I'm delighted that they've u- utilized him yeah. and let his character grow into Riverdale. I, re- I, like, I remember this actor's first episode and... He's, like he really takes this this the screen the scene um he did so much with that weird Shawshank reference that it's been really fun yeah. watching him he's a great uh, performer i love watching that actor yeah i need to he's not local is he I, like i don't i don't know he does yeah. a pretty good american accent i can google him mm-hmm. monroe on riverdale <laughs> um this Yale thing. Uh, uh, it's it's cute. We're at the top of this plot arc that Jughead is still choosing Betty, and Betty is still choosing Jughead, yeah. and Yale is not at all between them. Um, and they're laying it on thick, foreshadowing-wise. So what's going to break that relationship? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be interesting watching that the, tr- the level of trust they have shake and challenge and, yeah. and face face the pending foreshadowed shenanigans um, he is in fact canadian i don't know if he's local Ooh. eli gory eli great gory. name yeah that is a spectacular name oh he was in the kink in my hair Ooh. uh the 100 Tor- toronto based uh doesn't say oh, if oh, he's halifax. The, oh, if he's... oh my god he's from halifax he does a very then maybe that's why he does such a good um american accent because they're just <laughs> up from east coast of the united states right because yeah if he was the 100 he must have been filming in vancouver man apparently halifax is like a great art city <laughs> like apparently it's got vancouver beat for just like like good community oriented arts but maybe everything looks better on the so i loved this choice i was really mad at cheryl for not being like i want to heal but obviously she's cheryl blossom i also loved this this is how she heals this top pony this like high school girl oh yeah last high school girl. last hurrah hbic um and i love the support that tony and veronica are giving her in this moment and decision yeah i mean i don't love it like i just i just want tony to run yes i still am in the tony please run club you deserve better i I mean they are co-crime lords now it's true they are so we don't see that though well we saw a lot of that last year i guess so the poisons are pretty off off screen right now like wacky pom-poms on their like cheerleading is so weird it's yeah and this is, as the coach says, not cheering at all. It's lovely. It's lovely. It's glee. And I like it. Yeah. And it is the Cheryl Blossom brand. But it is nice having an adult come in and say, you're not doing cheer. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah. None of this is competitive. <laughs> they did a great episode about cheer, a couple of great episodes about cheering and mm-hmm. da- dance. Oh, I forget the name of it. 
like a like the kind of dance that you do in parades in the United States. Mm, like march marching and yeah, marching I for, band. Yeah, I forget and... what that's called. It wasn't called marching band. I forget what it's called. But anyway, they did two mm-hmm, great mm-hmm, episodes mm-hmm. of that on Queer Eye. That if you're at all mm. interested in this variety of dance, awesome. I would recommend going to watch this huge, uniquely American, I think, sport. I, I, yeah, I it's do. Super American. We do not have this kind of cheer culture in Canada, to the best no. of my knowledge. There are cheer like I've, there were cheerleaders at my university. There were none at my high school, but yeah. there was a dance team in my high school. Yeah, and there's a professional dance team at UBC, and there's yeah. professional. There's cheers for, there are professional cheerleaders. Like yeah. My cousin was cheerleader in Edmonton for a while. and But it's just kind of a joke in Canada. Yeah. It's, it's, not it's, a joke. Like, I'm sorry. I sh- that was a little harsh. But yeah. Like, it's, just... it's not a sport. It's it's yes. part of the pomp and it's part of the, yes. the ritual and ceremony. But it's not a competitive sport the way gymnastic cheer is through lots of the U.S. Yeah. It's not treated. Boom. It, there's no nationals in Canada to the best of my knowledge. I'm, I'm curious now. I want to know. Yeah, we might just be ignorant of a whole subculture. Yeah, yeah football dance. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I Yeah, they faked it well. Those kids don't look small compared to the other. <laughs> yeah, they're all they're all wearing helmets. Yeah, oh, they, enough I, now that I'm looking, they do look, kind of look like kids. If we look through the helmet grates. Yeah. <laughs> They also probably chose the least baby-faced to flank Archie. It's true. <laughs> I liked that they didn't win a lot. Oh, I, yeah. That was great. It's... I'm always here for a sports plot that lives in, in loss. Mm-hmm. Um, because nothing's that clean. And the outcome of a game is so dis... And this is this is maybe my not team sports playing bias, but I feel like the outcome of a game is so disconnected from almost any of the the deep morals and cho- and lessons of agency and decisions that we get in uh, in sports stories. Mm-hmm. Like the actual outcome is so random and depends on so many people having a good day or a bad day. Yeah. It's not about, it, it's it's actually not about winning or losing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, isn't it a bit about winning or losing? I mean, some of it is, but. Yeah. I mean, like, for the players, like, not for me on the yeah, sidelines. Yeah, 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 for the players. But I mean, for the, the, the moral threads don't actually have a strong connection to winning or losing, mm, I find. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and Uncle Frank wins the manipulation, thus setting up a deep yeah. rift in Archie's life. Yeah. Yeah, that was not a that was not a responsible adult look in your eyes, Uncle Frank. That was a little bit of a just caught a little flash of a something bad in there. Yeah. You're not you're not you're not a good influence, I'm thinking. Yeah. Oh my god, please don't take this away from this character. Don't turn it into, like, people find out he was doping or anything like that. Also, he it's wasn't just technically doping. Yeah, he wasn't it's doping. just That's opioids. True. The rest of the state, half of opi- the opioid crisis is enormous. Yeah. Yeah. Um, don't take this away from this character, though, please, Riverdale. Yep, send Monroe to Notre Dame. Please send Monroe to yeah. Notre Dame. Let him... Be a star, come back and be the new ch- the new coach Clayton. Yeah, let's let's ten time seasons dump. of Riverdale. Mm-hmm, come on, mm-hmm. <laughs> except better than Coach Clayton. Yes, because we <laughs> never see him, and he didn't hold his son yeah. to account for any of the horrible, horrible things. 
This is a very strange shot. This is a very strange cutaway scene. I found yeah. this so out of sync with everything in this episode, and I loved it. It, it worked. Yeah. It gave Veronica the idea, and I bought it. But just that, how that was shot was such a weird cut. It was a weird cut. You want to lick a nice snow cone? It, it almost felt like an ad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, keying someone's car is definitely, like, a revenge tactic that I approve of, because mm-hmm. body work on a car is so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. The bottle of rum that will permanently ruin his engine. Oh, did they pour that in? Of course they didn't just put an empty of bottle in. Co- oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, filling his gas tame, oh, tank with rum is the real was, damage that to that rude. one. That That's not rude. just body work. <laughs> oh, Reggie Mantle. He's learned how to wreck a car real good. Yeah. It's funny, I was reading... About a historical figure named Charles Melton recently, Ooh. and I suddenly went, that's an actor on Riverdale. <laughs> this is taking place in the 19th century. Clearly, it's not the same person. <laughs> Good name. Yeah. Good sturdy name. Good sturdy name. It's held up through yeah. the centuries. Yes, it has. <laughs> Uh-oh, you a weaseling your way in there, buddy. Mm-hmm. It's just temporary. So isn't this just another change of the recipe that her father... Like, mm-hmm. the, the legal thing is a little confusing. If, if adding cardamom isn't enough, adding maple wouldn't be either. Yes, but But also, adding cardamom is enough. This business partnership, though. Yeah, I, I'm so delighted for <laughs> for Cheryl and Veronica to <laughs> truly be working together. <laughs> this is a power match i also love this like really sexy like it tastes like money like yes mm-hmm. get it veronica these are Gross. women ready to take over the world together yes and they're so perfectly aligned to do it like yeah totally i'm i'm worried how well things are going for them first episode season back because mm-hmm. i like how much are they gonna crash and burn yes yeah <laughs> like they're so well equipped to win interesting yeah. Seeing Honey meet, uh, Betty and Honey meet at the same emotional level. Yeah. Um, yeah. Betty's edge is, and her willingness to work with morally compromised people is increasingly fascinating. I love it. Doesn't even, he like looks and she does the eyebrow. This is fun. This mm-hmm. is fun. This is a good mm-hmm. moment. I'm, I'm really delighted by, um, Lily Reinhardt's growth into this character. Yeah. Like the, the intensity and edge, um, in particular, since the Alice Alice flashbacks, I, that's when I really started to notice her her intentional range. I think mm-hmm. when she when she was playing young Alice, uh, and coming oh, into yeah, the season great. with the layers of of um, mental thriller intensity, and the different faces she plays in everyone's plot. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like Betty is the most um, has the most masks of anyone in, in this mm-hmm. show. Um, the most layers going on, and I love it. And so much of that is is um, Lily Reinhardt's portrayal and choices. I think as she floats between these plot points. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. it's so ominous that everyone's so excited and Jughead's going to Yale. Yeah. It's so much to go wrong, so far to fall. <laughs> I got into Yale, uh, too. Yeah, yeah. And then and then this scene coming up. Dum, dum, dum. 
Oh shit. Not supposed to say that on this podcast here. One one month later. I'm so here. And then for... but but it turns mm-hmm. out that she did get into Yale. So like what's that detail as well? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is so sad and creepy this moment. Mm-hmm. But he marks her as the opponent here too. Yeah. In such a satisfying way. Like New Haven. It sounds so threatening. I'm so here for Brett being Betty's enemy. Because I, I almost feel like he's kind of defeated Jughead at this point. Yeah. Jughead is in. Yeah. Jughead is on the hook. Um, And the almost inexplicable disdain for Betty. That, yeah. as we see more, is probably rooted in just a blunt misogyny. But also is yeah. rooted in class and gender. You're challenging me? Yeah. Like, Brent is being so much meaner and more, and, and blunt, more blunt in opposition to Betty. Yeah. Than he is Jughead. Yeah, and I also think it's, it's, some, it's something Sean said yesterday that I'll let mm-hmm. him talk about more in detail when we, um, air Next episode. Next episode, part two of, um, our, of our end of hiatus smorgasbord um what i was gonna say is that he finds betty gross yeah and and i think that's kind of an interesting like i think that's such an interesting choice for the character because it is kind Mm -hmm. of inexplicable betty is clearly a badass lily reinhardt is a very attractive person yeah um but yet this character comes along who sees himself as like having more status than her yes and she's awful to him and i think that's great it, it's fascinating, right from their first meeting in the tour, and at every moment since. Um, yeah, it's. I didn't even realize how will, well built up their dynamic is, mm-hmm, Betty and mm-hmm. Brett. Um, yeah, it's a. Uh, it's something I'm really excited to sink into this season. Yeah. Well, gang, um, that's about it for this episode. Yeah. But um, if you're still hungry, uh, we got a whole second episode yeah. ready for you today. That's going to be. Up at the same time, so I'm sure you can download it as well, where we talk, uh, where yesterday us talk at length with Sean about um, his time on set and geek out a little bit about this pending season. Yeah, and we do, um, part of the interview is a watch along um, Mm -hmm. audio commentary of um, the three of us watching the Thanksgiving episode, The Ice Storm, which I think is episode seven. Yes, yes. We went back and picked one that had some of... um, some of, at least my favorite scenes with Brett. Yeah, very juicy um, Brett scenes. Yeah, um, the real Brett and Betty sparks start flying yeah, that episode. Yeah, totally. Um, I do also want to say, I very rarely ask for this, but if you want to Instagram us or tweet us or Facebook mm-hmm. us about whether or not, or even email us, um, mm-hmm. the like, we're more likely, I'm going to be honest, to respond <laughs> to like a social media interaction than an email interaction. But I want to hear if you think that Jughead is dead. Yeah. I want to know, because I think... This is the moment to guess. I'm willing to be surprised, because I do like the character. He is a, the character I probably identify with the most. Place um, your bets, gang. Place, place your, your bets. bets. Place your bets. Emotionally and spiritually and for bragging rights. Yeah. Is Jughead Jones a ghost? Yeah, is he dead? But he's still narrating. I don't mm. know, man. But he looks real dead. He looked real and dead. And he's looked real dead before. We'll find out soon, gang. Yeah. Uh, This has been Riverdale Gang. I'm Ryan. I'm Chloe. Talk to you soon. Stay tuned for part two.